It's David Eagle's audio blog. This one's called Christmas Crackers, Counterfeit Kettle Comedy and Tasteless Text Tones. During Christmas dinner, Paul's Christmas cracker pull, I began to muse about the people who write the jokes for Christmas crackers. Does a Christmas cracker company just commission one person to do it? Or is there a whole team of people? Is it a work-from-home job? Or is there a room crammed full of frustrated, embittered writers who failed the audition to write for Mock the Week? Do these writers also work for greetings card companies or maybe on devising the wacky drivel found on product packaging? Or are these very separate industries? Perhaps the greetings cards writers and the Christmas cracker writers have an intense snobbish rivalry between them and they make snide jokes about each other. The greetings cards writers dissing the Christmas cracker writers with twee rhyming couplets and the Christmas cracker writers retaliating with cringeworthy pun-based put-downs. I wonder how much a Christmas cracker writer gets paid. If the money is good, then perhaps I might offer to lend my talents to the Christmas cracker joke writing industry. Obviously, the money would have to be pretty good, bearing in mind that I am currently working as a folk singer, and so naturally I'm raking it in. I have come up with a few jokes that I think would make for a better Christmas cracker experience than the one that we had this year. I'm considering creating my own Christmas cracker range. My Christmas crackers would be a lot more environmentally friendly than other Christmas crackers because I wouldn't bother with the hats or any of the paraphernalia. Just the joke. Now, you might feel that this is shortchanging people, but you haven't heard my jokes yet. But I'm sure that when you do, you'll appreciate the jokes are good enough to stand alone as a sole item of the Christmas cracker and that any other frippery such as hats and toys would merely get in the way of people fully experiencing the joke. It would be a shame to dilute the joke's power with extraneous bump. Extraneous bump, great band. There's a jump peel, and now in session on Radio 1, extraneous bump. In fact, I'd suggest that you should pull my Christmas cracker a good half an hour before sitting down to Christmas dinner, because people would be so overcome by the brilliance of my joke that they would want to discuss it at length. They'd want to share how it made them feel on a deep spiritual level, and how their lives are fundamentally irrevocably changed as a result. It would be a shame for someone to put all that effort into making Christmas dinner, only for it to go cold because everyone is too busy talking about the joke to eat. Obviously, I will include all of these guidelines on the packaging so that people know what they're getting before they pull. Although, to be honest, no amount of preliminary warnings are going to be able to prepare people for what they're about to experience. I'm about to give you just two of my self-composed Christmas cracker jokes right now. These are merely a taster of the kind of things that you can expect when my Christmas crackers are officially released. If you were listening to the audio version of this blog, which you are, hello, then I'd advise you, if driving, to pull over to avoid causing a road accident upon losing control of your vehicle due to involuntary spasms of hysterical laughter. Okay, I have done my best, I've done all I can to warn you. Let's get to the jokes. Joke one. What does a Buddhist eat for breakfast? Omelette. Joke two. Did you hear about the scientist whose trousers fell down? He won the Nobel Prize. Sorry, I've just realised I should have really done a warning for those people with heart conditions. Hopefully you were all still okay. Those jokes are apparently so incredible that recent research indicates that they have the power to take your mind off depressing Brexit-based thoughts for at least 40 seconds. Thank you to Sam, who commented on last week's blog post about niche aquatic porn. He says that he would like to have me saying the words niche aquatic porn as a text tone. I should probably charge for this service, but, as I said before, I am a folk singer, so I really don't need your money. Therefore, I have clipped me saying the words niche aquatic porn from last week's blog post, and you can download that as an MP3, meaning that there's absolutely no excuse not to have that as your text tone, apart from the excuse of being a sane and rationally thinking person. But given that you're listening to this blog, then that's probably not the case, is it? 
If you want the MP3 as your ringtone, then you can go to the written version of this blog post on my website, davideagle.co.uk, find this blog. The MP3 is there. This is what it sounds like. Niche aquatic porn. Niche aquatic porn. Imagine that going off. So you can have that as your ringtone. Uh, Sam, if you get it, let us know how you get on. You never know, you might happen to be sitting next to someone on the bus. They hear that text tone, and they just so happen to be a David Eagle blog listener. Are, are you Sam? They tremulously inquire, unable to believe that this is occurring. Then you confirm that you are indeed Sam, leading the person to swoon with this astounding news. And you immediately both fall in love, united by a powerful bond that can only be known when two David Eagle blog listeners unite. Of course, there is the chance that this choice of text tone might not meet such a desirable outcome. It could easily backfire on you. And upon hearing the tone, the person sitting next to you excitedly informs you that they also are a massive fan of niche aquatic porn. And before you can stop them and explain, they are passionately talking to you about their favourite erotic whale films, such as Free Willy with Extra Willy, Moby Dick with Extra Dick, and their personal favourite, The Story of Jonah, in which Jonah rather enjoys being swallowed by the whale. And now you are trapped with a filthy fish film fetishist, enthusiastically shouting how, oh, that film franchise really does put the sperm into sperm whale, before laughing maniacally, causing you to recoil in disgust due to their laughter, but also because you've just caught a rather disconcerting fishy odour on their breath that is knocking you sick. And now you are ruining your reckless decision to change your text tone. But hey... It's up to you, Sam. But don't say I didn't warn you. Oh dear, I was planning on blogging quite regularly this year, but now I'm worried that niche aquatic porn might be what Kettles was to this blog in 2016. Oh, on the subject of which, I was doing a stand-up gig in London on Sunday when a comedian did an entire routine on smart kettles. I was absolutely horrified, not only to see this brazen plagiarism carried out in front of me, but also because the audience were lapping it up, seemingly completely unaware of the fact that the man who'd just been on mere minutes earlier had written blog post after blog post on the very subject. The comedian in question is one Darius Davies. As soon as I finish this blog post, I intend to write him a cease and desist letter, instructing him to drop all smart kettles related material from his gigs. It wouldn't surprise me if in a few days' time Darius Davies announces that he's planning to create his own range of Christmas crackers. Apart from that, he was very funny and I recommend that you check him out. Although, feel free, if you do go and see him, to heckle if he starts ripping off my clearly original material that only I could have possibly thought of. Talking of stand-up, thank you to Jane who commented on uh, last week's blog post. She says, brilliant, David. I really enjoyed reading this. Reading it, Jane? Reading it? Well, feel free, but uh, if you're not listening, then you're not in this club. You don't get these extra bits here. Belated congratulations on becoming Nottingham Comedy Festival's new comedian of the year. Thank you very much, Jane. I will be talking more about my stand-up because there was so much that happened last year in terms of stand-up that I didn't even cover, I didn't even blog about. Loads of stories, and there's loads of stand-up going on this year, and there's always stuff to talk about. You have to kind of be careful about what you can and can't talk about because if you start tell- talking about other comedians or you start talking about organisers and promoters and that kind of thing, then uh, you could make yourself quite unpopular. But I've got loads of stories to impart, which I will do over the course of these next few months. Karen replied to uh, last week's blog post, Keris Matthews and Sexy Fish, when we were talking about Michael, fellow Youngins member, who always brings his pillows with him whenever he travels. He brings two pillows with him. She says, leave Michael be. I'm with Michael on the pillow front. I also travel the world with my pillow. Not quite as extravagant as Michael's two pillows, but my pillow just the same. Now, the thing is, Karen, it started out with Michael with one pillow. That was last year. Now, this year, it's moved on to two pillows, and I'm sort of worried that next year, he's going to move on to bringing his whole mattress with him as well. 
well. We're doing like some gigs in Belgium next year, and obviously uh, things are a little bit up in the air because we're not sure how you know what we're going to need to travel around Europe next year. So things are going to be complicated enough with Brexit and travelling around without having to get another visa for Michael's mattress. But thank you anyway, Karen, and thank you to everybody else who commented. I mean, people, other people just said things like brilliant blog and that kind of thing. So I'm not going to read them out. I'm not Steve Wright. Thank you for listening. I'll be back very shortly because I've got loads of things to talk to you about. Till then, goodbye.